Hey there, it's Olivia Allen Price, host of Bay Curious, the podcast. KQED Podcasts wants to thank listeners like you whose support makes this podcast possible. If you want to help us continue to make great content, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. And thanks. From KQED. I'm Olivia Allen Price, and this is Bay Curious. Tonight, the streets of San Francisco are packed. We're recording today's episode on St. Patrick's Day, so plenty of people are dressed in green and are heading out for the night, including our question asker, Katie Amy. She just got off work, not too far from City Hall, and she's meeting her best friend, Kim. Hey, how's it going? Hi. How was your day? Lots of St. Patrick's Day fun. They walk down the street a bit, and Katie sees something. Oh my god, it just turned green. Hey, cool. They stop in front of City Hall. It's one of Katie's favorite spots. She likes seeing the gray exterior light up at sunset every night. Most nights, the lights are white. For Pride Week, it was rainbow. After Prince died, purple. And tonight, it's green. It's such a symbol of San Francisco and has become more of a symbol as time has gone on. So Katie had a question for Bay Curious. I was always just curious who decides what the lights are going to be at City Hall and then who does them. Reporter Tina Rubio went to find out. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980 because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. So before we get to the lights, a little bit of history. Most city halls are landmarks, but San Francisco City Hall is even more iconic than average. Built in 1915 in the neoclassic style, it rises more than the length of a football field into the San Francisco sky. Taller than our nation's capital, it has 240 windows and covers an entire city block. Every year, tens of thousands walk through its bronze doors. Like Marilyn Monroe and Joe DiMaggio. They were married here in 1954. City Hall has also seen its tragic moments. In 1978, then Board of Supervisors President Diane Feinstein made this chilling announcement on the front steps. Both Mayor Moscone and Supervisor Harvey Milk have been shot and killed. The suspect is Supervisor Dan White. 
And for generations of San Franciscans, City Hall is a symbol of political and social change. Former Mayor Gavin Newsom unleashed a watershed legal and political tempest when he issued marriage licenses to gay couples in 2004. As California goes, so goes the rest of the nation. And City Hall has had its turn in the Hollywood spotlight. Movies like Dirty Harry, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and the remake of the sci-fi cult classic, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, were filmed here. By day, City Hall is a monument to San Francisco. And at night, the lights continue to reflect the city's unique identity. As to who makes the lighting decisions? It's a trio of city officials. We are always looking to a local nexus. That's Naomi Kelly, the city administrator. She works with Martha Cohen, director of special events for the mayor, and the city's chief of protocol, Charlotte Schultz. Together, they decide which civic events get lit up. When it's election day, we light up the building red, white, and blue. For pride, we light the building up with rainbow colors. But sometimes the colors seem a little less obvious. That's usually when City Hall has been rented out for a private event and the paying clients get to decide the color. Our question asker, Katie, also noticed something else. It used to happen less and now seems to happen more frequently and makes me more curious about what it represents. First of all, Katie's right that it happens more now. It used to be City Hall's lighting system made changing the lights a big challenge. We would have to send a team of electricians and our station engineers to go out on the second floor of this building and manually change each of the 220 exterior lights with these gel caps. That process could take days. And they were incandescent lights, so they burned a lot of energy. Each time, it cost about $5,000 to change the color scheme, so they didn't do it that often. But two years ago, something changed when City Hall celebrated a milestone birthday. Happy 100th birthday to the city of San Francisco! And all the exterior lights were replaced with LED bulbs. The new light fixtures are huge, and most of them weigh 75 pounds apiece. The cost for the project? Two and a half million dollars from private donations and city funds. So changing the lights got a lot easier. Instead of hiring a team, now there's this guy. This is probably one of the funnest parts of my job. Norm Goldwyn is the IT director of the city and county of San Francisco. He works his magic in a dark, cramped room far below all the rattle and hubbub of the streets above. He's what some would call an artist. Instead of a brush, he uses a mouse. His canvas, a piece of granite. His paint palette, a computer screen. I have a small lab downstairs. Several flights down, we walk into what looks like a windowless storage room. We are literally inside the concrete and steel pillar that goes up to the dome now. It's cluttered. There's a bunch of old boxes, a table, some steel machinery, and one of the new LED light fixtures. Here's one of our fixtures. Ugh. Yeah. I grab a computer and hook it up to the light fixture, and then I can adjust the sliders, if you will, until I can find the exact color combination that makes sense for that particular special occasion. But getting the colors right can be tricky, since they look different on a laptop than they do shining on granite. We actually have some spare granite completely outside of City Hall. So now when we shine, we take a particular color idea, we can shine it on the sample material here and see what color with our own eyes it's really gonna look like. 
the whole space is suddenly lit up green. Other nights, it's pink or warrior's blue and gold. It took us a lot of tries, for example, to get giant's orange looking orange as opposed to red or yellow. And most people don't actually know what they want. They just want blue. But they don't think about sky blue, Carolina blue, deep indigo. They just say, I want blue. Goldwyn can adjust for 16 million hues. The colors can be set to change and move, and the lights are programmed to go off and on with a touch of the hand and a simple flip of a switch. Norm really did it tonight. He really killed it with the green. We checked back in with Katie to see what she thought about the whole thing. I think it's kind of inspiring because I think it's less bureaucratic than I thought it would be, less people involved than I thought it would be, and that this small group of people is sort of given this path to be able to represent these moments for the city that really show this beautiful civic monument. It's absolutely wonderful. As Katie headed off for the night, she said there was one moment she's looking forward to City Hall shining bright for. Salvador Perez, the 2-2, popped up, Sandoval in foul territory, Giants win! The Giants, baby! Good thing our lights guy, Norm Goldwyn, has the right shade of orange all figured out and ready to go. Not too red, not too yellow. Thanks, Tina Rubio. Of course. Happy to do this story. And thanks to Katie Amy for asking this week's question. If you've got a question for us, you know where to go, baycurious.org. And if you've been digging the Bay Curious podcast, help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes or share our podcast with a friend. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at KQED. I'm Olivia Allen Price. See ya. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 